And now the weather. Areas in northern Taiwan could see some rain starting Sunday due to the influence of a typhoon on the east of the island. Meteorologists say the typhoon won't directly affect Taiwan as it's on track to head north toward Japan. But as gale force winds and radius of 220 kilometers will still send rainy weather over, let's hear from a forecaster. Starting tomorrow and until next Monday, there will be wetter weather. If you're in northern Taiwan, Hualien or Taidong, watch out for localized brief showers. The rain may behave here in Hualien and Taidong. Central and southern Taiwan may see scattered precipitation in the early morning. After Typhoon Namadol moves north to Japan, there will be a big low-pressure area in the seas south of Japan, which could lead to the emergence of a tropical system. The Central Weather Bureau says the passing typhoon could bring cooler air from the north to Taiwan. That means next Tuesday, lows could drop to 22 degrees in northern Taiwan, and highs will not surpass 30 degrees. So if you're heading outdoors in the early morning, make sure to bring a jacket. Sticky rice is one of the most comforting foods in Taiwan's cuisine. In one restaurant in Miaoli's Junan Township, a family keeps alive a classic recipe that you won't find just anywhere. This family has been making sticky rice with ginger for four generations. And foodies come from far and wide to enjoy the nostalgic dish. A gigantic wok fries ginger in sesame oil. Shrimps and mushrooms are added to the mix. Then it's time for hand-cut meat and soy sauce for a marinade. These are the key ingredients in this Moorish, traditional sticky rice recipe. The rice itself is steamed in a cypress bucket. The chef uses a giant ladle to stir the mixture thoroughly and ensure each grain is equally coated in that delicious marinade. She says that ever since the beginning, this family restaurant has made sticky rice completely by hand and nothing about the methods changed. Ginger and sesame oil are the best combination. For sticky rice, you have to fry the ginger in sesame oil to get it tasting and smelling delicious. In other restaurants, you'll often find sticky rice made with flakes of onion. But here, ginger does all the work. The first generation didn't even have a restaurant to work from, but sold their rice on a street stall. It proved unexpectedly popular, and the reputation of Junan sticky rice spread far and wide. Some customers would always ask, don't you want a restaurant floor? Some people come here on their motorbikes from Longtan just for our sticky rice. The chef here also cooks up thick pork soup and sesame chicken, which all together make for a very authentic and heartening Taiwanese meal. After two years' break, the Ocean Eagle Festival in Geelong is back again this Saturday. Emerging from its COVID hiatus, the festival is bigger than ever this year. 52 groups from around the world will perform, including a circus group from Ukraine. And there are lots of exciting artworks and floats handmade by locals, giving the Brazilian carnival a distinctly Taiwanese flavor. A giant golden eagle spreads its wings to take flight. 
A stingray with an 8-pack carries a drum and prepares to play a duet with a red shark. The singer? There's Mahi Mahi with a microphone and the attitude to go with it. Children in cute costumes play the drums. And these dancers wear Brazilian carnival finery with feathered crowns. After a hiatus of two years, the Ocean Eagle Carnival is back. We were inspired by the name of the festival to use the eagle and sea creatures in our design. For example, the Mahi Mahi as the singer. He's carrying a microphone and singing. The shark has a large drum. The jellyfish is a dancer. It gives a joyful perspective. These floats have all been made from scratch by Geelong locals with support from artists. They will be shown off at the carnival. We have many participants at the Ocean Eagle Festival this year. Geelong communities, schools, special performing groups and teams from outside Geelong. It's the most participants we've ever had. Groups of eagles can be seen soaring in the sky above Geelong at all hours of the day. Their magnificent presence inspired the city to hold the first carnival 12 years ago. But in 2020 and 2021, the festivities had to halt for the pandemic. Now, with COVID precautions in place, the festival is back and bigger than ever, with 52 groups of performers coming from across Taiwan and abroad. We have the most eagles every year in September. It's also the best season for watching the eagles. It holds a special meaning for us to hold the carnival at this time of year, to turn it from a community event into a citywide event. The festival organisers say the MRG Circus from Ukraine will also attend, giving locals a rare and exciting opportunity to experience Eastern European culture. If you're a fan of the Brazilian carnival atmosphere, Geelong is the place to be. Apple's latest smartphone, the iPhone 14, went on sale across Taiwan on Friday. Telecom companies say interest in the new iPhones has doubled from last year when the iPhone 13 launched. So, what's the most popular model, Ken? The purple iPhone 14 Pro. Some iPhone fans said they had been in line for more than a day. Some had even waited around outside sales outlets as early as Tuesday. With the new iPhone 14 in his hand, he beams at the camera. Mr. Xu works for a mobile phone retailer, and he was first in line to buy the new model for clients. It was a team effort, with 18 employees taking turns queuing over the past three days. It was not only just to buy a phone, but also to get vouchers offered to the first 80 buyers. When the shop started allowing people to formally line up for the new iPhone at 5.30am, buyers rushed to nab a spot. I was very apprehensive because there are so many reporters. I've never been photographed so much before. But of course I'm very happy to be the first one. My colleagues and I have been standing guard since Tuesday, since 6 or 7 p.m. The number of pre-orders and inquiries is about double of last year. Interest in the iPhone 14 is double that of the iPhone 13. The iPhone 14 Pro model, which offers a dynamic island function and a deep purple colour, has been particularly popular with Apple fans looking for an upgrade. The phone model makes up for 70 to 80% of pre-orders. 
Telecom's companies say the first batches of some models have already sold out, adding that the number of pre-orders is twice as high as for last year's model. Pre-orders became available on September the 9th, and in the first week, the number of orders was double that of pre-orders last year. Of course, there will be some issues with the stock of the better-selling models. We have received double the number of pre-orders. Sales for the first month should be about double from the same period last year. It's selling extremely well. Some sellers offered promotions for the first buyers, prompting some to spend the whole night in line. I didn't think I'd be the first in line, but when I came, I realised I was the only one. I came at 11pm, so I was in line for about 10 hours. I left work, took a shower, rested for a bit, and then came here to queue. Every year, Apple's new smartphones get people queuing in long lines all around the world. In Taiwan, lines were somewhat shorter last year due to COVID. But this year, the iPhone craze is back in full force. Taiwan shares took a plunge following Wall Street's decline on Thursday amid concerns over an imminent major rate hike by the U.S. Fed. Shares from tech giants including TSMC, Honghai, MediaTek led the index down and despite the launch of the new iPhone 14. Apple concept stocks did not perform well either. The TIEX closed down 108 points at 14,561 on turnover of 231.2 billion NT. Let's hear from an analyst. If you have stocks that tend to be big cap stocks or ETFs, probably there will soon be fairly obvious corrective pressure. But if they are stocks from SMEs, you may have to take care, as they could change extremely rapidly. So when choosing shares, companies related to domestic demand and shares that are not closely connected to international stock markets are safer havens in the short term. The new Taiwan dollar also tumbled on Friday, depreciating by 0.163 to close at 31.293 NT against the greenback. Experts believe that pressure created by capital outflows means that in the short term, the Taiwan dollar won't return to 30 NT against the U.S. dollar. They say 31 NT is the new normal rate, which could even dip to 32 against the U.S. dollar if the Fed makes a drastic move and hike the interest rate. Friday is day one of the 2022 World Ethnic Film Festival, which will run until September 25th. The festival's program features 17 international films, various ethnic groups. FTV reporter Stephanie Young gives us a preview. The 2022 World Ethnic Festival features works of directors covering the lives of people from different ethnic groups around the world. The opening film was Remember Me, a film set in the Mongolian Revolution of 1990. It's a story about a boy trying to save his books amid the destruction of libraries. The closing film will be Never Forget Tibet, Dalai Lama's untold story, which reveals the untold story of how the 14th Dalai Lama fled.
fled Tibet. The film is recounted by the Dalai Lama through his own words, as well as through the private diary of the Indian political officer Har Mandarsin, who led him to safety. The documentary film will have its Asia debut premiere at the 2022 World Ethnic Film Festival, organized by the Ministry of Culture. We hope to show the multicultural world of human beings through film to foster mutual understanding among every ethnic group. So I support this kind of film festival very much. The Ministry of Culture will continue to support it and make it grander each year. Every film is carefully selected. There are films of some different ethnic groups in neighboring countries in the Asia-Pacific region, and there is even a series that reflects modern warfare. So there is also Ukraine. I especially recommend the opening film "Remember Me" and the closing film "Never Forget Dalai Lama's Untold Story." The festival features 17 international films about different ethnic groups. Two films from Taiwan have been selected. One is "Blue Brave: The Legend of Formosa in 1895," which tells the love story between a volunteer fighter and his wife during the Japanese invasion of Taiwan in 1895. <laughs> Another film set in Taiwan is "Hanging Their Kids," a story about boys in a Tayal tribe. The program was curated by the Ministry of Culture's Mongolian and Tibetan Cultural Center, whose mission is to enhance the knowledge of cultures, languages, and religions. In addition to planning the opening film and closing film, we've specially divided the program into four sections. The four sections are the vision, which describes the current state of various ethnic groups. The second is Asian impression, which is a description of the recent hot topic of Southeast Asia. The third is panorama, which describes the current global situation. The fourth theme is new waves, which features the empowerment of the upcoming generation of different ethnicities around the world. The festival will hold 57 free screening sessions in Taipei, New Taipei, Taichung, and Kaohsiung from September 16th through 25th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Huang Yanchen in Taipei. A temple in Kaohsiung, Hongmaogang Cultural Park, took delivery of a bronze statue comm- commemorating the late Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo today. The temple says the statue will allow the Taiwanese public to remember Abe, who was an outspoken supporter of Taiwan. The temple will hold the statue's formal unveiling ceremony on September 24th, three days before Abe's state funeral in Japan. This crane gently and carefully lifts the bronze statue and maneuvers it to a patch of grass in front of the temple. Wow, wow. Once in place, the bubble wrap and red cloth are removed. It's a life-size statue of former Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, standing 1.7 meters tall. Friday was the first time it was shown to the media. I think it is the right thing to do to set up this bronze statue because Prime Minister Abe Shinzo was very good to Taiwan. He once said that a Taiwan emergency was a Japan emergency. Prime Minister Abe Shinzo made all kinds of friendly contributions to Taiwan. It's something we all saw. We joined up with some good friends in Taiwan to raise money to make this bronze statue for him. We can't attend his state funeral on September 27th, but we have a place to remember him. People can come here to lay flowers. 
The temple, which has close contacts with Japan, is located in the cultural park in Fengshan district, and it is the only temple in Taiwan dedicated to Japanese warships and soldiers. To show its gratitude for Abe's support for Taiwan during his lifetime, the temple is setting up a memorial garden with the bronze statue, which will soon be joined by a laser engraving of a calligraphy work personally penned by Abe, saying, Go Taiwan! The work will be unveiled on September 24th. The state funeral is set to be held on September 27th. If we synchronised our event with Japan's, it would be inconvenient for people who work in offices. So we decided to change the date to be September 24th. The temple says it will hold a concert at the unveiling ceremony, inviting members of the public to join in and remember Abe. Taiwan reported 41,430 local cases of COVID on Friday, marking the fourth day in a row with a case count above 40,000. In addition, 178 patients had moderate to severe symptoms, including one child with multi-system inflammatory syndrome, and the death toll, 30. The youngest woman was a the youngest was a woman in her 30s who had filled chest tightness and passed away in the hospital one week after being released from isolation. According to CECC officials, the daily case tally will likely peak between September 21st and September 28th. The CECC on Friday confirmed it's considering proposals to reopen Taiwan's borders in coming weeks, adding that the timeline and scope of any such reopening is not yet finalized. One proposal purportedly originating from the CDC has been making the rounds online in recent days. The proposal calls for a two-step reopening. It says that starting September 26th, Taiwan could allow people undergoing quarantine to stay with other people all in the same residence. PCR testing upon arrival would be eliminated and visa-free entry would resume for all eligible nations. The second step, which would take place on October 10th, would eliminate isolation and quarantine periods altogether and also lift the ban on international tour group travel. It's been a week of support for Taiwan both in the U.S. and in Europe. The European Parliament earlier this week passed a non-binding resolution calling for closer ties with Taiwan. The text calls for deeper exchanges in areas like trade and investment. Over in the U.S., the State Department said the Biden administration would continue to deepen its partnership with Taiwan. The statement comes after the Senate's Foreign Affairs Committee passed the Taiwan Policy Act of 2022, which contains a wealth of pro-Taiwan provisions. The bill seriously breaches the U.S.'s commitment to China on the Taiwan question. China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs condemned the Taiwan Policy Act of 2022, which was recently approved by the U.S. Senate Foreign Affairs Committee. Among many provisions, the bill calls for Taiwan to be treated as a major non-NATO ally, offers 6.5 billion US dollars in military aid to Taiwan over five years, and proposes renaming Taiwan's representative offices in the US. The bill also threatens sanctions against Beijing officials and military leaders should they take hostile actions against Taiwan. We are very grateful that they want to offer even more support for Taiwan. That's the only way to prevent that totalitarian country from doing something reckless and foolish. 
The State Department thanked lawmakers for their bipartisan support for Taiwan. It added that the Biden administration would continue to deepen its partnership with Taiwan through diplomatic, economic and military support. During a routine briefing, State Department spokesperson Ned Price was asked whether the department was concerned that the Taiwan Policy Act would further damage US-China relations. He said that the administration would continue to communicate directly and privately with the people involved. Meanwhile, on the other side of the Atlantic, the European Parliament passed a non-binding pro-Taiwan resolution on the situation in the Taiwan Strait in a vote of 424 to 14. The text condemns China's escalation of its military intimidation against Taiwan and asks China to respect the median line on the Taiwan Strait and stop all actions and intrusions into Taiwan's air defence identification zone. The text also firmly rejects Beijing's coercion against Taiwan, calling for further exchanges between Taiwan and the European Parliament. Europe will not allow China to change the status quo, to keep threatening Taiwan's democracy, to keep pushing the line. Taiwan is our democratic ally, our democratic friend. To counter Chinese belligerence towards Taiwan or others in the Indo-Pacific, to decouple from China and secure stability in the Indo-Pacific, strengthen our and Taiwan's economies by enacting new mutually beneficial trade and investment agreements. Calls for deeper relations with Taiwan are intensifying, both in the US and in Europe.